This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. All right. So here we are today. It's 2021. Happy New Year. It's good to see you both. Man, it feels like it's been at least 10 minutes since I've seen you. <laughs> at least. It sounds about right. Yeah, right. Well, welcome back, uh, fellow council members. It's really nice to see you again. Um, and for those tuning into the Heroic Council, know that uh, we've uh, obviously you know that we've switched the date and time of when we do the Heroic Council from Fridays at 2 to Mondays at 2. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, of course. And right before the Heroic Council, we do the um, the superhero hangout, which is more of like a little community gathering, get together thing. We pick a topic. Sometimes it leads right into the Heroic Council, like today. Uh, and other times we just kind of like, you know, talk about whatever we feel like. And um, the last uh, Monday of the month, we do the geek out where everybody can come in and talk about whatever they geek out about, whether it be Star Wars and comic books like me, or it could be anything else that you choose to geek out about. Just come in, talk about it, and we can talk. Uh, all about that stuff. So anyway, welcome back to the first Heroic Council of the Year. Council members Parshell and Sarah are with me today. Tim is not joining us uh, as he had a prior engagement, um, but here we are, the three of us together. So today uh, we're going to talk about um, goal setting in 2021, uh, how to set your goals or how do you go about doing it and then how to accomplish them. Uh, Going to give people some advice on maybe some start of the year routines uh, as we covered in the Hangout. 2021 is feeling a little bit different than prior years, but we're still going to try and apply the same processes and things like that. So uh, make sure to tune in for those of you listening every Monday at one or I'm sorry, at 2 p.m. Uh, we're going to get together, talk about work and answer your questions. If you are tuning in live, you can always leave a comment in where, wherever you are watching uh, and we will see it come in and we can uh, respond to you either live via talking or we'll, we'll jump in the little chat and be able to talk to you. Um, I think that's it. Oh, also, if you love the show, give us a five-star rating on uh, iTunes where you can uh, subscribe to it as a podcast. Usually I try to post the episodes as quickly as I can after the episode. But anywho, without further ado, let's get started. Back with that 2021 energy. Feeling good about it. Okay, so here we are. Let's just uh, talk about, uh, let's talk about all the things. Let's talk about uh, goal setting and such. Um, So I'm a huge fan of the start of the year. I'm a huge fan of the end of the year. I'm a huge fan of the start of the year. I love kind of wrapping up my pre- uh, previous year, working on words there, uh, trying to wrap up my my prior year and thinking about all the things that went well, things that didn't go well, projects that I didn't get done that I wanted to, priorities that I set that uh, shouldn't have been priorities and, and all that sort of good stuff put together. So I do that at the end of the year, I usually feel really good about that. And then I take a little bit of time to start thinking about the year that's coming up and what do I want to accomplish And in a lot of previous years, I'm very like aggressive about that. I'm like, how will I grow as a person? How will I become unstoppable? And I found that this year I was not, I didn't have that kind of energy going into 2021. Um, Like I had the energy for it. I just didn't have the intention to, to do that, to become that. Like I just, for some reason, there's just not an edge to me moving into this year. Um, So for either of you, uh, you know, Sarah, you just started a new business in 2020 um, you know, Parshel, you're starting a new phase of your career in, uh, in 2021. I just started my business in 2020. Normally I would think under those circumstances, we would be coming out of the gate in 2020, like 2021, like, oh my God, we need to crush things, but I'm not feeling that energy. What about you two? It's like me, I feel like I, you know, it's, it's like right in the middle. It's like, yeah, let's crush it. But also like, <laughs> 
it's going to happen when it, you know, in its time, I just need to show up and, and just do what I do. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it. It is definitely different. Um, I still feel the motivation to, to do stuff and to, you know, jump right into the new year at the same time. There's just like, I don't know how to say it. It's just like, a, there's a grace to it. I think that's a beautiful way to say it. Um, for me, it's a really exciting time. Like Jeff, you said, I started my business in 2020. 2021, it feels like my training wheels are off. And I have so much potential in 2021. There are so many people that I can serve. I really got everything ironed out. I know what I'm offering. I know who I'm serving. And I think for me, that's a really cool step. And that is energizing and motivating and creating a ton of momentum for me. Um, I also want to be mindful of the fact that the future is unknown. I mean, if 2020 taught us anything, it was that. And I think it's really important to be mindful of setting long-term goals, but also giving ourselves the space to say, you know, the world and life is going to happen. And are my goals still giving me an opportunity to adjust when I need to. I think that's an important perspective to keep. Yeah, I feel all of that. Question about, because uh, something's shifted for me this year that's kind of different from some prior years. And I'm curious if either of you are having a similar experience or if there are any conditions that, that kind of map on. But I started out this year with a little bit more of a comfortable cushion um, than I have in some previous years. Like when I had my first business, I found that every year it felt like I was starting over. Um, you know, project-based work or like clients wrapping up or like, you know, any number of different things. I sometimes came into January and was like, crap, where's my next meal coming from almost, you know, uh, maybe not that bad, but that was the mindset, right? Whereas this year I kind of came in feeling like, okay, well, I've, I've really set myself up well in 2020. You know, I had a, a pretty decent year. So like going into this year, I felt very comfortable about my, my situation. Uh, and for me, that took some of the edge off of me feeling like, I guess, operating from that state of fear of like, oh my God, I have to do this or everything's going to fall apart. So that was something that was different for me. And I think also, um, as you know, we had talked about a bit prior, is that the uncertainty that came from the pandemic, you know, I think a lot of people's goals that they had going into 2020, somewhere in like between like, you know, February and June, just got completely like obliterated or changed, right? So like, I wanted to do all these speaking engagements, but then speaking engagements stopped becoming like a thing. They, they move digital. So I, you know, I pivoted to that, but like it changed the, the nature of it. So um, how much would you say that, you know, the conditions of 2020 going into 2021 have, have changed how you're thinking about things? For me, tremendously. Um, my whole life changed. Every, everything changed in 2020. And it is a cool opportunity for my husband and I to evaluate what's important to us in life. I think a lot of people are looking back on 2020 and saying, what do we want? This is a major disruptor in our, in our working life. And what can that mean? And what are we going to do about it in 2021 and beyond? So my husband and I took some time over this break to think about, I mean, when do we want to retire? How old do we want to be? Where do we want to live? And some of those longer term things and some of those things that are important to us to think about will help drive our everyday decisions. So we definitely use what we learned and, and the life changes that happened to us in 2020 to just really think about what do, what do we want? What do we really want? And Jeff, you've been through my, my productivity exercise with me on setting priorities. And we went through that, that ladder of 
where do we want to be in, in, in our life in, in five years, in, in one year? And we went through that together. And it was a really cool way to set us up for this new, you know, new decade, actually. That's really cool. Is it Hawaii, by the way? Because that's where we are. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see you there. Yeah. We're all in on Maui. Like <laughs> we for like two days and we were like, yeah, here, this will be it. Yeah. It's not yeah. Underwater. yeah. But it is amazing. It's so philosophical to think about, you know, uh, retiring in Hawaii in how many years, but it, it really does drive the decisions that we make today. You know, we, we are both making major moves in our businesses right now. And it's, what we do today is going to affect that decision. And it's it's cool, it's powerful, and I think that that's some awesome momentum that we have. It really does almost contextualize like very little, little decisions. Like you're like, should I buy a new computer or should I put that money in the market for like another, you know, take that $1,500 or $2,000 and just put it somewhere else, let it grow maybe because I am trying to retire to Maui. So it's like, it makes you think about how you allocate your funds and how you allocate your time. Like, should I do this? It's not really a priority. Will that help me retire in Maui? Um, so it's interesting how, because I, I don't generally do a lot of like long, long, long-term planning. I'm very much like a one year at a time type person, but I am thoughtful about like, ultimately, where do I want to end up and uh, where do I want to go? But I, I feel like the pandemic really, for me, threw a lot of, um, I already believe life to be uncertain and like, you never know what's coming down the pike, but like, whew, the pandemic really just, it's like being sideswiped. Yeah. And I think it, it's not meant to put you in a box or to make you feel bad about, oh, gosh, you didn't make it to Maui in 10 years or you got off track. No, it's more of what you said. It's sort of this gentle reminder of when you're faced with a decision. It can be that deciding factor between choice A and B. There was I read um, an article about a uh, it was either a study or a technology. It's like a belt that people wore that would vibrate anytime they faced due north. And what it would do is it would, over time, people would gently start to have a better sense of direction. They knew because like essentially they they had an internal mechanism, almost like, you know, when you get phantom vibration from your phone. So I think of the long-term goals almost as that. It's like knowing where is your due north, like mm -hmm. where am I going? It's not necessarily that like, you just need to know when you're headed east, right? Like, but as long as you're close to north, like you'll find your way, you'll do a little pivot here and there and okay, I'm to directly due north at this point. But it, it's what helps you from understanding that like, okay, I'm definitely not going in the right direction now because I haven't felt that buzz in a little bit. So those long-term goals are sort of that that directional awareness. It's making sure you know exactly uh, what direction you should be pointed versus like, what am I doing day to day? Yeah, and I think even in, in a, such an unknown time in our, like we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring, it is still helpful to have that sort of guiding light <laughs> North Star pointing you in a direction. It feels good to have some direction. So uh, I want to talk to both of you about your processes for looking at the year. And and I mean, um, as we covered in the Hangout, some people have sort of what I guess you would think of as like a different fiscal year of how they think about the year. Like John was talking about like September being sort of like his start. And you know, there's like a lot, of, a lot of businesses that like their fiscal year is like April to April or whatever. So um you know, for me, I'm very much a January to December type person. I love the mark of the new year. I love that there's like this grand eclipse into like newness. The The calendar changes. Everything's different, right? So for me, I love that. And I really, I get jazzed by the end of the year and then the beginning of the year. First, are, are both of you New Year's people or do you like work off of your birthday? Do you work off of some other arbitrary date? And then um, sort of 
then secondarily to that, if you do have any date that is sort of like your eclipse moment of starting over, whether it be New Year's or something else, what is your process for planning out either, is it increments of three months? Is it increments of weeks? Is it an increment of a, a year? Like, how do you go about doing it? How do you view being deliberate about where you're going in your life? Yeah, I know that for, for me, um, when you brought up to about the North Star, um, I, I feel that the, like, it's like, if you got that North Star, how do you know that you're going the right way? And for me, 2020 definitely helped me to get more in tune with that, to know like, what is it, what is it that is guiding me to do whatever it is I'm doing and why? And for that reason, um, as far as my process is concerned, um, I do in some way, shape or form do like a reflection. Um, and the other thing too is, uh, it's funny, my birthday is January 19th. So even though the new year comes, it's like, oh, it's also my birthday. So I don't know, it's just like this period of time where I start to get going, but then I know that I'm going to be a year older. And that also in a, in a way kind of starts off, okay, now I'm this, this old and what is this year going to be like? So it's like another year within the year, I guess, that I focus on. But um, essentially after that reflection, I do kind of take a look at like what I want to do this year. Um, I write it down. I reflect on it. Um, I spend a lot of time this, this for this year, um, really just asking more questions about why do I want to do this? And what are the reasons um, why this can work out, why this is possible? And so like things like that have also helped me to get even more excited and to really just allow it to sink in. So I find that I, I do spend some time, like I said, in reflection and then just kind of letting whatever that vision is or whatever just kind of sink in in a way. And then um, it helps me to just to get prepared for it. So I know to, all right, this is happening. You know, at some point we're going to start going and are you committed to it or not? So um, I take that year and then uh, between my team and I, we, you know, kind of split up uh, into quarters, so to speak. And I kind of list out what's going to happen um, or what should happen within those quarters, both uh, professionally and uh, personally. So that's my process in that in that way. And um, I don't know, it feels better again, because I think it's just being guided by myself and what really makes me happy at the end of the day. So I like that you are very focused on the why of why you're doing it. Is that something that you've kind of always done or, and it's just kind of gotten stronger in your process or is it sort of like 2020 was a watershed moment where you were like, Oh snap, I really need to think more about why I do the things that I do. Was it, was it one or the other? I think it, I think it was more of uh, this year, this past year. Yeah. Maybe the, like reshifting of priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, if anything, it was kind of like if, if my, uh, this, okay. If my, uh, ability to be mobile and to be free, you know, during the pandemic and whatever the new normal looks like, if that's restricted, um, to whatever extent, it just really got me thinking more about my own freedom and what I want. So I, it's like, now it became like up here. <laughs> I, I, it just, you know, whatever that the, this time did, it definitely did that. It's like, Hey, this is, this is what I want, you know, and I'm very clear as to why I want it. And, um, and it's interesting too, because uh, right as the year was ending, I ended up having like a difficult conversation with uh, with a customer to let him know like this isn't working out. You know what I mean? So I also within that saying this is not going to fit within what I say. You know, I want to do. Um, you know, with my life in the next year. So 
why am I going to keep doing it? You know, it's kind of like a yeah. no brainer, but um, just really, uh, I don't know, just, just allowing myself to just settle in, into those things has really been helpful um, to sort of plan out what's going to, you know, what will happen this year. One more question before I uh, turn to Sarah and ask the, the same question, but um, for you, you had mentioned that you get together with your team and you kind of break down the year into quarters and then, you know, you have for yourself personal goals. Um, how extensive is your sort of like categorization of your life areas? Like when you approach the year, like, do you have goals for hobbies, for your social life, for your family, for your health? Like how, how deep down the rabbit hole do you go? Or is it sort of like whatever's top of mind is probably what's most important to you? So the, you know, do you make a list of like a hundred things? Do you make a list of like five things to focus on? Or are you very rigid about it? Or are you very free flowing about it? Um, and, and kind of how deep do you go in your life categorization of, of goals and priorities? I'm kind of I'm kind of free flowing with it. I would say I have about uh, ten goals that I say that I've written out, um, and then I star the top three. One of them is personal, and the other two are definitely business related. Um, the other ones are just kind of like, you know, kind of shooting for the stars. You know, shoot for the moon, land them on the stars, kind of thing, just to have down as something, just to also you know to have there um, as something to work towards. But I know that the the ones that I've starred are like really, really big to me. One of them is personal, like I said, and the other two are business. Got it. Got it. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Like, how do you go about, and, and is, does it start at the beginning of the year? Is it another time? And how do you go about categorizing what you want to accomplish? What are your, what are your methods that you employ? Yeah. So Parshall, you and I uh, have uh, two days apart birthday wise. So I'm January 21st. Um, so like you, I have that my, my business is on a, on a regular calendar year. I think the calendar year is important. Um, but for me, the process is really, like I talked about earlier, breaking down um, what my long-term goals are, breaking those down into what will I do this year, this month, and then obviously this week and today. I, I, as a productivity coach, I see a lot of people saying, I don't I didn't get to my goals. I didn't get anything done this week. I didn't get anything done today. And my first question is always, did you block out time on your calendar to work on those things? And so often it's that it's that step that's actually quite simple, but is hard to do. And so I'm a big fan of block scheduling. So my process really entails planning out when I'm going to take the time to work on those goals. Because I know if, if I don't plan for them, if I don't take the time to work on them, they are not going to accomplish themselves. And so that that is a big, big part of the process is to breaking things down um, and putting it on my calendar. Switching the whoops, wrong way. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, Okay, got it. How much of so so you brought up an interesting point there because putting it on your calendar leads to the the conversation around documentation, right? So um, you know, Parshel, you talked about meeting up with your team and kind of breaking things down into quarterly goals and having personal goals and starring them. Um, and Sarah, you put things on your calendar. Um, what is your method of documenting all the things that you want to accomplish? And then how do you go about through the year? kind of reminding yourself and thinking about what it is that you want to accomplish. And, you know, how do you use this as a thing that doesn't just happen at the beginning of the year, but something that you use throughout the year and, and you make sure kind of happens? Something that's really been um, helpful for me in this past year <clears throat> is literally every Sunday I pull up um, and I use it in, in Notion, but essentially it's like, uh, it's called a flight path. And I got this from a book called 
uh, the Millionaire Master Plan. Um, but essentially, uh, probably for the last like eight months or so, I've been every Sunday, I go back and I revisit um, this table that I have. And the table has all of those main goals. And then also a place where I would then track or update where I met with it, either in a percentage wise of completion or, you know, if it's, you know, to uh, like, for example, to do 18 courses, then, you know, I would put the number where we're at kind of as a tally. So I have that there. And then and then beneath that, there's uh, other checklists that I go through. According to this flight path, it's really, really cool. But just to um, uh, acknowledge sort of where you are and to just keep you reminded of what needs to happen to get to the next stage of, you know, what I want to do in terms of entrepreneurship. So if you guys haven't heard of it, it is like it's it's amazing. It's been so helpful. Um, the author of the book is uh, Roger Hamilton, and there's like a whole um, system around it. But yeah, it's like I know, for example, just to tell you guys, like I'm at a level orange and I'm trying to get to a, a yellow level <laughs> in this. And I know exactly based on the book what sort of the core things have to be in place to be functioning at sort of a yellow level. So um, highly recommend it. We'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely check out the the flight path thing. I'm always looking for like new tools and and ways of uh, doing it. Do you use your calendar to like, you said you want to do 18 courses, right? So at what point do you put on your calendar time to actually create those 18 courses? Well, the, the, the courses are for, uh, for clients. So okay, I thought you meant you were putting at 18 courses. Yeah. Got it. Right. But if I were, then yeah, I would definitely, um, I use my Google calendar and my, uh, use Spark as well, which connects to the Google calendar, same mm-hmm. difference, but um, I do have in there right now already blocked out times for things. So, um, for example, the puppetpreneurs, which is part of my, one of my goals as well, what I'm helping out with there. And so I have time already dedicated in the calendar of when I'm going to go look at it, focus on it. Or, you know, we actually just started a writer's room. So that's like really sick. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I, I definitely have the calendar piece. And that's important too. like looking at this is like, okay, if I want to do these things, like how much time is actually required? Um, I started to understand that. And then to say, okay, if I'm going to block it in, either something's coming out or, you know, like what's going to be in its place or what needs to be adjusted or where can I make the time to do this? Um, So yeah, I definitely use some sort of a time blocking to sort of navigate and know what I need to do. Rockin'. Sarah, what about you? Well, obviously, you know, keep, I'm a big list maker. I love lists. I have lists of all all kinds of different things, but the lists can tend to, they can start to feel overwhelming. They can make you feel like you're actually not making any progress. And so I think to Parshall's point that, that keeping track of your progress is so important and plotting that out in order to get the 18 courses done. Here's what I need to do. Um, Understanding how much time that thing's going to take. I'm a huge fan of harvest for time tracking. So, you know, just literally it's a stopwatch, just turn it on, turn it off, multiply that by the number of things that you're, you're trying to accomplish and you have a sense. It's, it's hard to estimate time. And so I think um, getting really tangible about how much time is this going to take is so important. And then seeing that progress at the end of the week, I accomplished X amount of things off my list and celebrating that is huge. And we're, we're so guilty of well, if I'm not done with it 100%, I'm a failure and I'm not done. And I think we need to celebrate the progress and the successes that we have along the way because that really helps motivate us. Getting started is the hardest part. And it's so easy to just 
keep putting off those bigger projects because you don't have time to finish all of it right now, or you're not sure what all of it even entails. But when you can, when you can really start to break it down, it helps you just, just tackle little pieces of it over time. That's how you're going to get these things, these things done. So I think this breaking it up um, and really recognizing and understanding progress is just critical to reaching your goals. Yeah. And there's two things um, you you each brought up, but I think one, people um, underestimate how critical it is to actually set the time aside to do something um, because it is going to be one of the first ways that you're going to see um, sort of a, a make or break. Did I set aside enough time or do I have time left over? So starting to get a sense of how long things actually take. Um, but if you don't set aside that time, chances are you're not actually going to get to it because other priorities are going to come up. Um, so, so I think that's one piece. The second piece, Sarah, to your point about celebrating progress is part of this whole notion of, you know, big projects, uh, you can't eat the whole elephant at once, you can't boil the ocean, the whole thing, you know, that, that taking down projects piece by piece and even getting most of the way there is still better than kind of giving up because you didn't get all the way there, which is one of the reasons why I'm so anti-resolutions as like uh, as a thing. I like having like year-long goals. I think that's fine. And I personally like having themes for my year. I find that they're really helpful to try and think about, you know, as a person, what do I what do I want out of my life? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? And those themes are, you know, um, I limit them to three. And I find that that's really helpful to kind of have just like a very simple thing to focus on throughout the year. Um, do you do anything with themes, either of you? Um, well, when I was very active in, in church, I mean, there was like the church always had like a theme and that was sort of like, you know, could have been a theme that, uh, I would use for the year. Um, I, what I did, I just wrote down three words. Um, those three words were focus, fun, and flow. So that's kind of what it boils down to. Um, the other thing too, that's interesting when you talk about time is that I know that I got pretty bad at. Um, sort of underestimating how much time it would take to complete a goal because I wouldn't necessarily write down all of the components that, you know, needed to be checked off to say, now you can check this big thing off. You know what I mean? So um, what I found really interesting is that among a lot of entrepreneurs who do very, very well, they're really, really good at estimating and predicting what will happen and seeing how close they get to it, you know? And depending on how good you are, the more yeah, at that, the more you can predict a lot of things, including revenue, customers, um, you know, what's going to happen over here or there. And so um, I've that's something that for me around time has been very interesting to kind of explore because eventually I'd love to get to the point where, you know, if I'm out on a retreat or if I'm like out at an event or if I'm doing something, if someone asked me, well, how much how much was your time worth? Because it sounds like you just were having fun. I want to be able to say, yeah, that was worth about 400 bucks me just doing that because I know and it's calculated where my time is being spent and what that means in terms of an outcome or a deliverable. The better I get at that, you know, or anyone, the more I think you can predict much bigger things of what something will take and how much time it'll take or how to get to that result, you know? So that's just been very intriguing to me as well, going into this year around focus and like knowing what's what and how to, you know, divvy out the time and not, not, cause I, I, I really suck at guessing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I could do that like, you know, tomorrow. And then it's like, shit, I need like at least 
three weeks to do this. Why did I think it was going to take a day? Like, that's just not, it's not reasonable. And then I end up feeling horrible about not doing it, you know? So it's just like, if I really give the time to it, um, it, it absolutely 100% is possible. So, yeah. so there's so many things there, but like for me, the, the understanding the value of your time and, and how that connects to so many of the other things you just said, but I think that that connects to so many things about your success as a person, like forget just your success as a business person. I think understanding that your time has value and understanding what your priorities are and then taking into consideration how much time things take. So you had mentioned earlier, like I have so many things to do. And if like, you know, um, one more thing comes on there. Like, I got to say no to something else. You have to take some. So like understanding how much time you have, like, you know, in your lifetime, but also just understanding it in the immediate sense and what that time is worth, I think gives you more confidence to say yes and no to things that either serve or don't serve your value. I have a, I have a hard time with the idea of going into a year and not being super, like I get more and more and more deliberate about how I plan my years every single year, partly because I see the value in every little bit more that I do in thinking about my year. Now, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily doing more work. I'm just getting better at it. But um, like having a plan for the year, understanding what your time is worth, understanding what your priorities are, all of that I, I've found just helps me to have a more satisfying year because I feel like the things I'm spending my time on, the things I'm saying yes to, the things I'm saying no to are all in complete alignment with where I'm trying to go. So I really, I, I, I just want to, pick out that thing that you said about understanding the value of your time and underscore how important that actually is and, and how much I think people should really get clear on what their time is worth. Because they'll th once you know what your time is worth, I think you have a better sense of when you're wasting it. You know, when you like take on that project and you're like, and somebody's not appreciative, you're like, I don't need to do this for you. Like my time is extremely yes. valuable. <laughs> And like, I have all these other things I'm not getting to. So like, and it also helps you then to begin, it's, it's making me think it helps you to begin to weed out good and bad relationships, right? Like to be able to better understand what's worth donating your time for, because even if it doesn't um, match from a financial standpoint, like it's worth that much in terms of the value of the time that you're putting towards it, right? So I really, I just think that's such an important point um, in terms of looking out at your year. If, if you start anywhere, it might be like, understand how much your time is worth and then understand where you're allocating it. If you're starting like 2021 is your first year being planful about your year, that would probably be a great place to start. Understand what your time is worth, understand what your priorities are, and start to uh, better understand where you're spending your time throughout the year so that in 2022, you can say, here's how I spent my my last year. Here's what was valuable. Here's what wasn't. And over the next four or five years, you'll, you'll probably turn into an absolute like laser-focused rock star. Yeah, I was going to say in my, my theme for the year, I, I was going to actually say it isn't so much a theme as it is my intentions for the year. And so yeah. Parjal, what you said just, just totally aligns with that. You know, it's how am I spending my time? What are my priorities? And and what am I being intentional about? Um, and and I, I know what those things are for 2021. And that's exciting. And that's that is, again, a driver of how I choose to spend spend my time. I mean, that really drives my calendar, drives my time. And what's amazing too, is just all the other things that happen just on the, on the outskirts that you didn't even expect to happen along the journey to those major milestones or the things that you want to hit. Cause <clears throat> here's another thing that I do do. I didn't mention this, but um, I usually go through my pictures in my phone from 20, from the previous year. And I'll just make like a small, like little 
uh, album and and it'll just have like highlights or things that I just said, oh, that was a really cool moment or we did, you know. <clears throat> so I end up with about like maybe 10 to 15 pictures or so in this album. But the, the point being is that like, as I was kind of working to whatever the goals were for that year, I'm like, oh my God, look at what actually did happen that I didn't expect to. And it's just, you know, I guess there's a really good gratitude moment or a way to do that too, is just to connect with like, wow, look at what did happen. I didn't expect it, you know? Um, Another thing too, I was looking at a list of things that I said that I wanted to do. And I'm looking like, I, I actually did that. Like, it was kind of like, oh, shit, I can check that off. I didn't even, you know, it was one of those small things. I was like, oh my God, like that totally happened. So I could like check that off. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things too was I wanted to do a birthday trip. So that's actually happening also, kind of just like just happening. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to, to Mexico anyway. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, I, I put it down on my, on my list of things I wanted to do, you know, at some point before the next birthday and it's happening. So it's pretty cool. I think that's one of the benefits of actually in the planning process, writing things down because I, uh, you know, I do my three words every year and every year that I do that, I go back and I look back on all the times that I've done my three words. And if you haven't, um, if you're not familiar and you're listening to about what my three words is, you can Google Chris Brogan, my three words, or you can go to my website, jeffgibber.com slash my dash three dash words. But it's essentially, uh, you come up with three words that are your themes for the year, right? So I've been doing that since 2013. What's interesting is when I go back and look at all of the words I use, first of all, I see like an ebb and flow. It's sort of this like ambition, okay, chill, ambition, chill. And it's sort of like I'll have different themes that'll come up, like focus and discipline. So like I'll have some years where I, I go ambitious and hard at something, but then I feel like, okay, I need to rein it in and, and focus and discipline. But it's interesting because you can then see your progression and kind of your point, you look at your pictures, or you look at your previous to-do lists or, or tasks or whatever, or goals, and you see like what you actually have accomplished and you see what um, like how you've grown as a person. And then you see themes that start to emerge. And I think all of this is just part of the, the journey of self-awareness so that, you know, I, I'm very much about like sort of the, the self-actualization of, you know, the experience of life, like making it what you want it to be by consistently applying new information to, to get you closer to what you're trying to like, just enjoy the life you have and accomplish the goals you want. Right. So I find that the whole process of recording Without that, you can't get to the end of the year and actually reflect it. Like, imagine if you tried to do that, but your your camera roll was empty. You'd be like, oh, well, I guess that was, uh, let me see what I remember. But like, there'd be all these things that are lost that in the act of recording, you can then go back and be like, oh, wow, that thing, right? So I'm doing that now with habits. One of my big things, I, I talked about it at nauseum in 2020, but it's going to be one of my things for 2021 is this is my first full year of actually addressing habits as like, a conscious practice. Like what do I do every day? What do I want to do every week? All those sorts of things and actually tracking that and then looking back on, on what worked, what didn't, are there certain days where, you know, things just don't work out or whatever. So that's something I'm doing a lot more of is habit tracking. I've got my three words for me in the life areas thing. Like I delineate like real deep into it. I'm like, okay, friends, social life, health, work, uh, personal family. Like I've got like 15 different categories and it just helps me to think through like showing up in all these different areas. I love it. And what's yeah. interesting too, you mentioned about like how, when you kind of look back over the years, you were either like super like go, 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 or just kind of relax and, you know, recuperate. And uh, the book that I was mentioning earlier uh, that Roger Hamilton wrote, 
he talks about sort of that that being something that happens year to year, I guess, if you are growing and evolving, because essentially the way that he describes this is like you go from being the designer of the car to then driving the car. And then you, yeah. you design it and perfect it. Then you get back and drive it. You know, it's like sort of this back and forth that you do, you know, sort of in a, it's actually very natural, you know what I mean? And that's just how um, I think it's supposed to be sort of this natural, like, okay, go work, focus, da, da, da. And then like, okay, chill, recuperate, relax, reflect, you know, and then come back. Um, and whatever that means, or maybe go to more of a strategic place in your business and then, and then come back, you know? I think of it as, uh, I think I wrote a post about this forever ago. I called like the, the rule or the law of everything, expansion and contraction. Like it's how everything works, right? Like uh, take uh, the example that I would use all the time is like you take um, breweries, right? So for a while, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of breweries, everybody making their own unique brew. Then all of a sudden, all these big uh, breweries, like all these big, like, um, you know, Budweiser's in the course, they start buying up all the small ones and all of a sudden the beer market contracts and there's less people. And then it expands again because more people are like, we don't want that. We want something different, something unique, something that's outside of that. And then it expands again. Right. And that happens in everything. You have popularity of networks, they expand and grow and then it gets too crowded and it's too mainstream. And then something else crops up. So then it's like this expansion and contraction. And that happens with us, we expand in certain ways and we get to a certain point where we're like, you know what, I think we need to rein this in and you contract a little bit. Um, I've had it a lot with like extroversion and introversion. Uh, and this year is really, you know, toss that on its head because I'm like a real people person, be around the energy of other humans. And like, I've just been sitting in this corner for like eight months. <laughs> yeah. I think what's interesting is recognizing it one and then actually taking the time or or the the ebb and and living that and and we are so guilty of i want more i want more i'm doing more i can work till midnight um and it's just important to to have both of those things you have to recognize it in yourself that this is the moment that i i need and then really really take if it's time if it's energy whatever it is but giving that to yourself. You know, it's, it's really, really critical. Like, I don't know why we all think I, I often talk about, we wear burnout, like it's a badge of honor, or like I'm busy, I'm burned out. I'm, I'm this, I'm this, I'm so important. And it's like, yeah, but what if you didn't have to live that way or, or at least kind of puff your chest out in that way. And I think it's just important to say, and, and run a gift to be able to say, I didn't work last week and that felt really good and I needed that break. You know, I think things like that, like, why do we feel like we're not allowed to say, I'm taking this time off or yeah, I'm, I'm going to slack off on Friday. I'm not really going to do anything. Like I might yeah. take a meeting, but I'm not really going to work. Like, do you need that? Then take it. And then don't be shy about saying it. When did success become that you work more rather than less? Like, I feel like yeah. the people I would be most envious of are the people who are like, I work one hour, one day a week. Yeah. Like, Damn. Like Tim Ferriss didn't write like, you know, the 400 hour work week. He wrote like the four hour work week for a reason. And um, I'm with you hundred percent on that. So when we, um, so like turning from like, okay, here's what we do, right? So we, we've spent most of this episode so far talking about like, here's what our process is. Here's what we focus on. Here's kind of like observations. Let's turn it now to like, us as the council giving some advice. We've got people are going to be listening to the show thinking about like, okay, well, I'm thinking, you know, it's beginning of the year. 
I want to start planning out my year. I want to start thinking about my goals. I just want to have a better year, right? One way or another, I want to be better personally, professionally in my, you know, relationships, whatever it might be. Um, where would you weigh in in terms of advice that you would give people towards starting that process, finding, because we each have different systems, there's overlap between them, but what do you think are sort of like the critical elements to having a deliberately planned year where you're able to grow in a way that matches what your goals are, or how would you go about giving somebody the advice on how to get started? I would say initially that you are in control of it, no matter how out of control it feels. And, and I think whether you are an employee or you're an entrepreneur or you are a, a parent, um, you know, whatever kind of responsibilities you do have, you are still in control of the decisions you make and, and how you're living your life. And that sounds kind of like, whoa. <laughs> um, but it's important to recognize that. And I, I just think that that's a thing that is often missed. We're, we're falling victim to my boss made me do it. My coworkers made me do it. I'm so behind because of all these people emailing me all these things. It's like, yeah, but that's your responsibility to take control of. And I don't want that to sound like harsh, but I want that to sound empowering in that it's a real positive. You are in control. You do not have to respond to emails at 11 p.m. when your boss emails you. You can set that boundary and say, I will respond at 9 a.m. when I'm at my desk in the morning. And that's okay. And so I think it doesn't have to be this big, I'm in control of you know my whole kingdom, but be in control of your inbox. Be in control of when you are um, kind of open for business. Be in control of how you're communicating to other people. And so I think that that, that concept of control is, is just the best thing that I can, I can recommend to people. And again, I hope it's, I hope it's empowering. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. The one um, uh, thing that I would add to it is that I, I think that there are three different um, sort of modes, right? right. That, that Or three different, I don't really know how to explain it, but um, there's control, influence, and accept, right? Like there are situations in your life that you will simply have to accept because it is the nature of what the world is, right? Like I know that there are certain talks that I might want to give but that I will not be invited back after I give that talk, right? Because it'll be very critical of one thing or another. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm not being invited back to that talk. Uh, it actually happened at Social Media Day. But anyway, um, so like, that's, that's like an accept. Like, you have to accept that those are the rules of it, right? Now, you may be able to influence that situation by maybe like tiptoeing or nudging it in such a way where over time, those things change. So for instance, the email thing, you may not be able to like immediately drop the hammer and say like, I'm not doing this or I won't do this or whatever, but you may be able to influence to get to the point where you can control it, right? Like you don't necessarily have to, it's, it's like a continuum almost. There's things that you can just accept or you can try to start to influence and that's speaking up, making your voice heard, you know, it, being empowered to like actually start to exert some sort of influence to get to a point where maybe you can control and have some say in, in how your job function is. And it's, it's tough because like when I think about work in general as an entrepreneur, like, I control everything in my, in my whole purview. But like when I think about people who have a nine to five or, or who have, you know, a, a job where maybe they don't have an enormous amount of say, um, you know, the entrepreneur in me that would probably get fired from their job would tell them to just go and say exactly whatever it is that they want. Like it's my job. I'll do it my way. That's why I'm not a good employee. So I would just, uh, I would, I would 
take your advice of the control thing and just be very conscious over, are you in a position where you can control, influence, or you have to accept? And even if you're in a position where you have to accept it, look for the opportunities to move from accept to influence and influence to control. For sure. And it's it's all about pivots and, and small pivots. And one tip I love is if you are going into a situation where you're saying, you know, to your boss or, or whoever, I, I need to make a change or this isn't working for me, is to bring up some sort of a solution. And I think that's where the influence comes into play. You know, Jeff, it's not working for me. <laughs> that you email me at 11 o'clock. Instead of saying that, say, you know, I noticed that you're emailing me at 11 o'clock at night. Is it okay with you if I respond at, you know, 7 a.m. after I've had a cup of coffee? My mind's just better at that point. And so yeah. I think there's there's so many ways to handle it. It's not about like control necessarily, but it's about those, like, it's okay to speak up for yourself. It's okay to say, oh, this is what I need and not being forceful about how you come to a resolution on it, but being, you know, can, can we have a conversation about that? Can we talk about it? Can we talk about this in a way that's going to work for both of us? And I think that that's a very um, kind and, and humane way to handle some of these situations. Agreed. Agreed. Parshel, what do you, uh, what would you tell people as a starting point? Like, where do you think if somebody wants to plan out their year, what advice would you give them as kind of the starting point and maybe some tactical things to do along the way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, after after kind of knowing what you want to go for and and what what you envision this year to be uh the, the next year to be i think it's really important to make a decision that was like the first thing that came to my mind was like making a decision to decide that this is going to happen decide that you're committed to this um because ultimately like it is our responsibility you know to to play in how this unfolds so you have to, I think, first make a very, very clear decision. A lot of times we're just waiting for our own selves to make a decision, to make the choice, <laughs> for real. Like we're the ones that are doing that. And so um, the next thing that I that comes to mind from after you've made a decision, to me, the number one, the hardest thing to do from that point is to um, be that person, right? Whoever that person is that you see um, having this amazing, fulfilling year, how can I practice that now? Because me on a spiritual note, I'm like, well, there really is no distance between like how, where I am now and this new person, because I can contact them through my emotion and how I feel. So if I can practice how to be that person, I'm more likely to get inspired about what to do and what to do becomes my work. And that's what I focus on. That's, that's what I do. It should be inspired work. It should be coming from a place that really drives you and gives you joy and peace and feels, you know, something that you feel is contributing to others. Um, and just, and just do that work. Like it's a privilege to do that kind of work. I think a lot of people are just like not doing stuff that they want to do, you know, and for whatever reason. And if you have the opportunity to change that up and to, and like what you said, um, Sarah, take more control and take responsibility, like it is possible. So I think it definitely starts with the decision find a way to practice what it feels like to be that person because then you're already there everything else that comes up is inspired you know things that are inspiring you to take action like because as you as you are that person or practicing being that person you'll start to think you'll start to have thoughts about what that person would do and as you get that stuff like write it down you know this that sounds like a really good idea i'm gonna do that now the other part that comes up that's going to be challenging is 
that you're going to come up against stuff that even though it's a no brainer for you to do a video, or it's a no brainer for you to call this person up or to just push a little bit harder. Like the stuff that comes up is just, it, it's coming up to help us be aware of, you know, the, the things that we can also do something about. Um, for me in this process, it's definitely had me go back and do some freaking like inner child work and all this stuff that's important, but you know, trauma is real. And if you're like me, I put the stuff to the side and I don't acknowledge it at all. So by acknowledging that now, I'm like, okay, I can be the parent of this sort of inner child and continue to go forth with whatever it is that I want to say I want to do that year. So, um, but to me, it all starts with like a decision and making up your mind. This is what I want to do. And then just, uh, just going forward. I love that because it, it, um, is so deeply rooted in something that I'm like, if I, if I had to look at like what every, everything that I do is about is about helping people identify that it's, let me see how to say this. It's my biggest thing. So you think I should be able to say it properly, but your work can have meaning, right? Like your life can have meaning. You can have a purpose and you can just do them because it's yours. It's your choice to do it. Right. And I think inspiring people to understand that, that you don't have to just go through the motions or react to whatever is happening in your life. Like you have a choice to make and there's a lot of like externalities you're going to have to deal with, but like you have the ability to decide what your life is about, what your purpose is. And I think to your point, like you started what you were saying, basically that comes off right off the heels of that. Like when you know who you are and you know what you want, then it just becomes a matter of like, what's the process for implementing it and what works best and all that. I think where the real challenge is, I think there's a lot of people that don't actually know that they get to decide what their world is about and what they want to go and do. And that's, it's one of the things that like, when I work with clients, like I honestly find most of the time what I'm working on is not like their systems or processes or like how to get a little bit better here, but it's like giving them permission to just do the thing that they wanted to do in the first place that they refuse to talk about because they're scared to say like, this is what I want. Like I was terrified to start the superhero Institute. Cause I was like, no one will take me seriously if I show up wearing a superhero shirt. And then after I did it, I realized people take me more seriously now because I show up in a superhero shirt and like, I'm, I'm real about it. Right. And it was terrifying. It was super terrifying. It's still sometimes a little bit scary, but like it feels right. Like it feels like it's resonant. So now like when I make decisions, they're rooted in this like really deep seated purpose that I believe in with like every cell that, that is in my body. And I think a lot of people, when they think about, you know, like, like this is one of the reasons why I don't like resolutions is I feel like resolutions are very like surface level. Like, I want to lose some weight. No, no. Who do you want to be that weighs less? What, what does that serve for you in your life? Why do you need that? Um, is it because you want to live longer and be healthy for your children or your spouse? Is it because you want to look good because it gives you more self-confidence? Like, and what are all of those things in service? What are you going to do with that? Right? So like, it's, it's like that exercise of the five whys where you try to get to the root of why you're about any of this stuff in the first place. And, um, it's interesting that you, you kind of brought that up, um, almost starting from that point of like a suit, because I think the three of us, you know, just from my, you know, our interactions, I have a sense that like all three of us are fairly clear on why we do what we do, you know? And I think a lot of people aren't necessarily sure why they do what they do. And I think maybe that if I was going to give any advice, I would say maybe make that your first step is like, get really self-aware. Like what, and you talked a lot about inner child. Like I know one of the reasons I'm an entrepreneur is because I'm, uh, I'm an only child and um, I don't do well with authority. So like, I'm never going to be a good employee. 
And, and like, as much as I want that to not be the case, like, it's the same way that like being fit for me is about fighting that inner fat kid that like just wants to eat macaroni and cheese every day. So like having that self-awareness allows you to at least manage it and deal with it. But I think you gotta be really, really clear on it. If you want to take action on it and start to make an impact in your life. Now, that said, the one last thing I want to point out, the last thing I want to say on that is like, after you decide who you want to be, my process has been, I try to use every year as taking the next big step in that journey, right? So I, I look at what I did and I say, okay, this next year is to take a little bit bigger step. And then the next year, take a little bit bigger step and a little bit bigger and so on and so on. And then when I do that, I then take whatever that big step is and I break it down into a lot of smaller steps in terms of like, well, who do I need to be day to day to make that happen? Where are the habits that I need to have? What's the mindset that I need to have? Parshall, to your point, you said something along that lines of like, you're, you are that person, basically. Whoever that person is that you want to be, you are already that person. So it's just a matter of like being that person on a more regular basis until you've kind of become that person, right? So like, I think about who I want to be at the end of my life, like how I want my eulogy to read. And then I go all the way back and I say, okay, well, what do I need to do this year to get closer to what I was going to, what I want to be in five years or 10 years. And then what do I need to do this month to make sure that this year is that way? And then what do I need to do today to make that happen? And then if I'm going to do that today, what do I need to do in the morning? Right? So it's like, I'm going from like this super, super big grand out there thing all the way down to the smallest, which starts from like who I want to be in the first place. Yeah, and I think it's beautiful. At the end of the day, every year going through this process, what we're doing is thinking about what we want. <laughs> it's like all of this is about what you want. So yeah. I remember hearing somebody uh, the other day talk about if you're complaining about your clients because they, you know, they only pay you this much. Well, you're the one who charged them that. Like you, like yes, there's responsibility here, right? Like you know, this is all about designing something that we want. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just even thinking about just the the, the logic of that, <laughs> you know, something, something I want, but I'm not, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not, you know, deciding to do it, you know, or whatever, or the year doesn't really, really pan out the way that I thought in terms of my intention and my, that's the, that's the part that's mind boggling. I'm like, well, didn't I say I wanted it? So I'm like, why? <laughs> What's the breakdown? And once I once I start to acknowledge that, I'm like, okay, I need to bring some more self-awareness around this because it doesn't make any sense. I'm saying that I want this. I'm saying that this will bring me more joy. I'm saying that my life will be incredibly fantastic with this or whatever. And then it's just like, well, then why don't I go get it? <laughs> if I know I, you know, anyway, just that breakdown is very interesting. This is all about like desire. And the beauty of it is that we can have these desires and we're deserving of these desires. We're worthy of them. You know what I mean? Like if you sit down and you think about, well, why do I want this? You know, who is this going to affect? You know, like how is this going to help other people by hitting this goal? And it's just like you develop more reasons why it should happen. Now you're convincing yourself, you've sold yourself and hopefully, you know, you can deal with it better. But at the end of the day, it's like, we're just, we're going after what we want. And I think that's like, really exciting and i think that's like the whole freaking point of like life it's like go after what you want and create it like what's in your way really yeah and i like the idea that you're worthy of it because it's like the idea is if you put the work in and you get it that's evidence that you're worthy of it and even if you don't get it that's not evidence that you're not worthy of it just maybe that you need a little bit more time or maybe there's a different path for you or Maybe just sometimes things don't work out, but it doesn't mean anything about you. It just is what it is, right? 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I think the only thing I would add is is to really, if you're if you're a victim right now and you're listening to this and you're like, well, I couldn't because of this or this or this. So like, I'm not pretty enough, rich enough, cool enough, connected enough. It's like, no, no, <laughs> stop that. Like you, you think that, but everybody has that. Everybody who has what you want had those same challenges or a harder challenge and, and they did it. And I think that's a, a cool thing to go into a new year is to think about, yeah, but use your things that are making you a victim to empower you to propel forward. Like turn that negative into like your secret sauce and the juice that gets you going. Yeah. yeah. And, I've, and I've, I've had goals that didn't pan out. And when I tell you, I'm so thankful they didn't pan out. Like, <laughs> I think there's also sort of this, you know, there's this protection that's happening around us too, somehow naturally that just, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's like, I just trust, you know, that it, it wasn't supposed to. Um, just when I think on my life period, like one of my goals was to have like two or three kids. My life would not be what it is now if I had two or three kids with the person I was with then. So it's just, I'm thankful that that goal didn't come to pass, you know, as much as I tried for it and wanted, you know? So I think that there's also that perspective too, Jeff, to what you were saying is like, well, if it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean anything about you as a person or that you suck or whatever. It could be like freaking divine intervention <laughs> that came yeah. in and, pre you know, prevented you from this huge horror, you know, it could be so much worse, you know, totally. in, in situation, you know? Yeah. So many of the things that I wanted, I'm so glad that they didn't happen. Like so, so glad um it, just, it worked out so much better this way yeah for sure um all right well points to wrap up on for planning for the year goal accomplishment goal setting anything uh to to leave our listeners watchers with uh anything to make them feel empowered and better for the year just do it go for it like whatever it is just do it and i i, I just don't want anybody listening to look back and we're here in 2022 saying, oh gosh, I didn't try anything. Just try. It's like, what is the worst that could happen? Rochelle? Yeah, I would say even if there's one thing, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, it's something that you want. It's something that you can have. You just have to make the decision and choose yourself and allow it to happen. You know, you can go for it. You can do it. Literally nothing is in your way. And on mine, a slightly more cynical take, but at the same time, uh, in line with, with what you're both saying. But I think on the one hand, yeah, like if, if you want something, plan for it, um, figure out who you need to be to get there, take the steps, the actions day in, day out. Um, and if you're someone who's in a position where no matter how hard you work, you are in the type of situation where you are trapped and uh, there's a system that is standing in your way. Make your efforts about destroying that system. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic about the whole thing, but sometimes there's just messed up stuff in this world. And I think we need to do a little bit more to destroy those sort of uh, systems that stand in our way as much as we do to build ourselves up to be ready for it. Because a lot of people are working real hard to, to make themselves ready for it, but there's, there's uh, inequitable systems in the way. And, and part of my year is about tearing those down. So. That's my last thing. Um, well, this has been the Heroic Council. Uh, another fun episode starting off the year. Feeling positive, feeling good, setting goals, doing things. Um, tune in every Monday at uh, 2 o'clock. 
right here, wherever you're watching. Uh, we have a Facebook page, a Facebook group. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have Periscope, and you can catch us on any of those. Always tune in. Uh, superheroinstitute.org slash heroic to find all the other places you can subscribe, including podcasts, uh, wherever you get them. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. I don't know if we have set a topic yet for next week. Um, have we? Let's nope. I don't think so. We have a couple, uh, like, on, we have a whole list of different topics, but I'm not sure what our next thing will be. Um, so, Tune in next week to find out. I'll post it in the Facebook group and wherever wherever these episodes are found, what our topic will be. And I think Tim will be uh, joining us next week. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Oh, uh, what are you into right now? Sarah. Putting you on the spot. What are you yeah, into right now? Um, well, I'm really into uh, <laughs> what my puppy got me for Christmas. Sharpie S gel pens and wonderful large lined post-it notes. <laughs> So, I mean, this is everything to me. I love this. <laughs> I mean, I'm very specific about the pens I use, so I feel you. I only use one type of pen. Uh, I refuse to use anything else. Like <laughs> They're great. It's just like simple joy. Marcel, anything that you're into before you go? Um, you know, geez. Um, Do I meant to think about it? Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Because I got one. Anything. Okay, good. So I just bought... Um, I, my last laptop computer that I had was the Apple MacBook Pro from 2015. Phenomenal computer, had lots of ports. It was like a really great form factor. It was a kick-ass computer. It was, it was one of the last ones with the MagSafe adapter, which I think is like the greatest innovation of all of laptop history. Um, and I refused to buy a new Mac for a very, very long time because I was very pissed that they changed up like one of the finest computer designs of all time. And then they released the M1 um, uh, chip, the new Apple chip, it's the new Apple Silicon chip, and they released a MacBook Pro and a MacBook Air. Now, I won't get the MacBook Pro because I think the touch bar is stupid, but I did just pick up the Apple MacBook Air M1. And let me tell you, it is amazing. It is so fast. It's like, it's faster than my iMac, and my iMac is like fully pimped out. It's got like a 64 gig RAM. Like it's, it's so, but it's an Intel chip. This M1 is like blazing, blazing fast. And, uh, and I am hyper critical of Apple as like a huge Apple fan. If they put out something that's like subpar, I will like blast them for it. And I was a little reluctant to get this computer, but I didn't want to have my old computer just continue to get slower and everything. I was like, you know what? Pulling the trigger on it. They had a holiday sale, the whole thing. And yo, it's amazing. It's like totally amazing. Oh, and I got one more thing. This is another one that's amazing. Um, so there was, I saw this ad on Facebook not too long ago for a truffled hot sauce called Truff. Now, I love truffles, and I am a major fan of spicy food, like ridiculously spicy food, like bucket list is eat something so hot I get a t-shirt or plaque. So I love spicy things, and I love truffles, but they're both very strong flavors. So when I saw this ad, I was like, that's stupid. They're both strong flavors. They shouldn't be together. I hate you. You're awful. But my friend Josh, who is a major hot sauce person and also loves truffles much like I do, was it was a hater just like me and he was like somebody got me a bottle and i didn't want to try it and i didn't want to like it but it's awesome and i bought the sampler pack within four minutes of him telling me that because i trust him that much and it's incredible i like i want to put it on everything they have a two gallon bottle for 250 dollars, and i was like maybe so if you like truffles and or hot sauce i guess you should probably like both you should totally buy it. it's amazing sounds good Awesome, Jeff. <laughs> Nothing useful at all for like 
helping you in your business, just like damn good hot sauce. But that is, that is good. That is information the world needs to hear. I like yeah. That. Oh, and, and Sarah with, uh, you know, your husband being a fan of smoking meats, this, this on a smoked meat would be like, ha, ah, a brisket. I want so badly with this. We'll need to include the link in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. Is there an affiliate link I could use for that? Because I really just, I just really, I hit that hard just now. <laughs> you, you did. Okay. But we're in, we're in. We love it. It's really, really good. I'm not kidding. Uh, anywho, uh, this has been the Heroic Council. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, whether you're listening, whether you're watching, we think you're really cool and we hope you come back for another episode. See you next time.